the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey friends, this is Dr. Trudy, the host of The Christian View. Today's podcast is titled, When God Doesn't Heal This Side of Heaven. I am joined with two special guests today. You don't want to miss this podcast. It'll be encouraging and uplifting and very challenging. We'll be right back. This is the Dr. Trudy Podcast where together we learn to choose faith over fear, contentment over chaos, where we discover what it takes to live a life of victory. Dr. Trudy Simmons has a Ph.D. in counseling. She's a certified life coach, a television host. She's completed 12 Ironman competitions. But if you were to ask her who she is, she'd tell you she's a woman of faith, a wife, and a mother. She's an overcomer with a calling and a gift for helping others to pull through the tough stuff. Thanks for joining us today. Here again is Dr. Trudy. Hey everyone and welcome to The Christian View. I'm your host, Dr. Trudy. And every so often I get to do special interviews with amazing people. And so today I have that privilege of doing an amazing interview with two people, one that I've known for a very long time who I just love and then my new friend as well. And so I want to introduce to you today, Anne. Chastain, who I've known for how many years have we known each other, Anne? <coughs> Over 25. At long, long time, 25 years. And she is just an inspiration to everybody she meets. And sitting next to her is a beautiful lady named Sharon Caldwell. Her story is amazing. And so today we're going to talk about um, something very, very special. So, Anne, I'm going to give you the floor to open up, and then we're just going to let the Holy Spirit. Um, guide us as we go through today. Oh, thank you, Trudy. Thank you so much for your leadership and influence around the world. You know, this topic is called When God Doesn't Heal on This Side of Heaven. It came crashing into my world when my mother was diagnosed with kidney cancer. And I could see on the test that the cancer tumors were growing, yet her Sunday school teachers were praying for her that God would heal her from this cancer. And so when they left our visit, I said, Mom, how does it feel that they're praying for your healing, yet you know you are dying? And she said, Ann, they're praying the prayer that God needs them to pray. I know I'm going to be healed on this side of heaven or the other side of heaven. But either way, I'm going to be healed. And so I appreciate this topic because sometimes when we put healing on someone who's not well physically and they're going to see Jesus sooner than later. Right. pressure that they don't need. So thank you for bringing this topic. There's a definite view. And sitting next to me is my friend, Sharon. We've known each other for about a year and a half, and we just met face-to-face two days ago. And Sharon has what's called bulbar ALS, and it affects the speaking, the swallowing, the breathing. Mm -hmm. There's two kinds of ALS. Most people know the limb onset. People that are in years and they their hands and their feet. That's limb onset. Bulbar is what Sharon has, and it's even more rare for ALS. So when I met Sharon through giving her a very special box to women like her in this in this community, 
God drew us beyond the box to be great friends. And so I felt like if anybody can speak about what it means when God doesn't heal on this side of heaven, it's my dear friend, Sharon. Amen. And one thing about about Sharon that we want all listeners and viewers to know is that she has written a beautiful devotional called A Living Savior. And so I would encourage everybody who's listening or or watching to go Google it and and find this book. It's so encouraging and and uplifting and um, just her heart. It's Sharon's heart. So Sharon, I'm going to, I just want to ask you a couple of questions um, and then read some scripture with you. But my first question really is when God doesn't heal this side of eternity or this side of heaven, what role do you cling to as you're dying? I am reminded that all are dying people are still supposed to be flourishing. A good encouraging set of Bible verses for me is in Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15. I'm going to read those real quick for you, for everybody. It says, verse 12, it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God, and they will still bear fruit in old age, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. That is such a powerful, powerful um, scripture to read. You know, when you're thinking about heaven and God not healing this side of, of, of heaven, um, do you have short-term goals or do you have bucket lists? That word flourishing has been on my heart a lot recently. When I think about flourishing as I'm dying, I remember that Jesus flourished right up to the point of his death. The Bible says he endured the cross for the joy set before him. And that joy was not just heaven, but taking us there with him. And I want to take as many people as I can to heaven with me. I want them to see in me what faith in Jesus is like, so that they will put their trust in him. And you seem to be doing such an amazing job flourishing. You know, when we think about Psalms 92 and the scriptures that we read, 12 through 15, what else speaks to your heart from those scriptures? When I think about flourishing, I think about flowers. Flowers may bloom and go to seed. That's okay. I want to plant seeds for the kingdom, but the fruit of the Spirit keeps flourishing. I want to be fresh and flourishing as the verses say, so that I can declare that the Lord is good and righteous. But when we are not healed of a terrible disease like ALS, people may ask if we still believe God is good. They may even say, why don't you curse God? He cursed you. He is not to blame for our sickness and dying. In fact, Jesus is saddened by death too. He feels our emotions. He wept at the death of Lazarus. He knows our pain and wants to comfort us. Amen. I think, you know, and sometimes so often when people get a sickness, that's the first thing that they want to do is to blame God. They want to blame God and, and ask why, you know, but Sharon, she is praising God through that, which is, which is, I think is a totally different way of life. Don't you? Totally. And it inspires me because it's so easy to let gravity take 
erode your faith. And instead of eroding and just kind of coasting into the finish line or just struggling, she is running chest first, full on for God. Because while we're all, your listeners, your viewers, us, while we're alive, we might as well live in the abundant life in Christ. And that's what I see in Sharon. And it's such a blessing to me. Amen. And I, and I agree with you because I, you know, I'm a counselor and I counsel lots of people who have good lives, but they're still mad at God. You know, it's, it's not, they're not blessing God. They're not walking in that abundant life, maybe because they've lost a job or, you know, something's happened in their life. But with Sharon, she is praising God through a storm that, that she's been walking through for how long? Two years. Two years. And you're still praising God. And so many people that I counsel would be mad and upset and blaming, but you are flourishing. And and I think that is what I want our viewers to hear, that in the midst of a storm, you can still flourish and you can still give God all the glory. I have realized through this ALS journey that flourishing is being able to pour over into others' lives the comfort that we receive from God. It's not an automatic overflow, but an intentional pouring into the lives of others, especially others who may be suffering, others who have also prayed for healing, but are not receiving it. Have you ever thought about the grocery store card aisles that have rows and rows of Get Well cards? They seldom have any that say, I hope you receive comfort so you can comfort others with the comfort you have received. I recently wrote a devotional book called The Living Savior, and it's based on 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Trudy, would you please read those verses? Yes, I would love to. Um, what I, one thing I want to say is the word intentional. I think you're right. We have to live our life intentional. So let me read 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. It says this. It says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. That is so powerful. And that is what you're doing, Sharon. It seems like on a daily basis, you are comforting those ellipses. So when, so when we pray for a dying person, we shouldn't only pray get well prayers. We can pray for God's comfort and that the person will then pour it over into another person's life. My daughter and her husband convinced me to get a feeding tube. The feeding tube wouldn't cure me, but it would enable me to live longer and share my testimony of faith and said to me that getting a feeding tube would allow me to live longer and be a blessing to others. That is what I like to call a pour-over prayer. We can choose to pour over into someone else's life the comfort we get from God. Amen. Amen. What does that comfort feel like, Sharon? Yes, I have many examples. 
Based on Romans 8.28, that God does work all things together for good. Midway through our marriage, we had extreme financial hardship, and then I had two miscarriages, and the comfort I received from God was actually wisdom that I could share with other women. But the comfort I receive from God now is grace, grace upon grace, sufficient to bring me through each day. I can't tell you how many times I have felt so sick and at a loss for how to manage my symptoms. And then I get a message from Anne or a friend from church or one of my small group of women who edify and encourage me. And they tell me they are praying for me as they live out Galatians 6 verse 2. I just think that is that is amazing because so often Anne and Sharon, when we go when we are going through trials ourselves, we don't want to pour out to other people, right? We don't want to to give because we're the ones in need. But even through Sharon, your struggles, you are pouring out on a daily basis. You are giving to people. And Anne, I see you doing that all the time as well. Thank you. Um, one of the things that is so amazing about Sharon is that the opposite of flourishing is retreating, right? right? And it's so easy. You see, she'll wipe her mouth a little bit. It's part of the bull bar. It's drooling. There are so many people in the ALS community who won't go out. She eats with a feeding tube. So she'll go out to eat and she'll be with us. So the encouragement I know that Sharon may want to convey to anybody watching this in the ALS community or people who are struggling in these different unique ways, mm-hmm. don't retreat. Amen. Be with people. Be with the people that love you. And don't don't retreat. Flourish. Is that okay for me to say that, Sharon? It's very practical. Don't it retreat. Is. Live your life. Absolutely. The enemy wants, you know, John 10, 10 is one of the verses I live by. It says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ has come that we may have life and have it abundantly. The enemy wants you to isolate yourself. He wants you to feel less than. He wants you to feel different. But God is saying... I want you to have the abundance of life. I want you to flourish where I've planted you. But so often, Anne and Sharon, the enemy just comes in and just makes us feel so bad about who we are. He wants to keep us hidden when there's such a treasure inside. And so to me, you are living such an abundant life in Christ. You are out there loving on people and giving people hope and encouragement to live your best life now, because honestly, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And if we're not flourishing today, we may not have tomorrow. So I just am excited for you, Sharon, and for all that the Lord has in store for your future and how many lives that you're going to touch through either your devotional that you've written um, or through people that you just come in contact with. Even your smile is contagious. It's just beautiful. And so what the enemy meant for evil, God always changes and turns it around for our good and his glory. So thank you. Thank you. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share with us about thriving and flourishing during the dying process? Yes, although my devotional book covers losses in Jesus' provision, like when I can't eat, I can think of Jesus as the bread of life. Still, I thought of 
another special assurance of his love recently. They say that death is the most humiliating experience there is. But I have a little grandson named Maverick, baby Mavi, who is 10 months old. I love watching him drag himself across the floor and try to pull himself up on furniture. Jesus loved the little infants, like baby Mavi. Jesus said, let the little children come unto me. It's not that a little child has anything to offer except complete dependence on his parents. And that's how a dying person is too, nothing to offer, except complete dependence on God our Father. It's difficult for me to share this, except that I cannot imagine being loved as much as Mavi is loved. A child still totally dependent, totally loved, and ready to receive that love all the time. I am like Mavi. I am ready to be scooped up in my father's arms, and I will be healed in heaven with him. Thank you, Trudy, for inviting me to share, as a Christian, this view about healing and how God works within us on this side of heaven. Amen. Thank you for saying yes to doing this interview. You know, my last question, and you've kind of answered it, but Anne, if you want to, if you want to tag team too, it's great. It says, when God doesn't heal this side of heaven, I imagine that it's, it's, it's difficult. It's hard, but has God given you any assurance? You know, you just talked a little bit about your grandson, but any other assurance of his amazing love for you during this season? You mean to say that? Still, I thought of another special assurance of his love recently. They say death is the most humiliating experience there is. So we've already shared that already. So is there another answer that you have? Well, the reality is she's being healed in glory. And so I, I believe what um, I've experienced in spending time with Sharon is she's seen the fingerprints of God's faithfulness in her life. And this, being with you and the Christian view, Trudy, you have provided a woman who can no longer speak, but is speaking through technology, a platform that is going to be influencing people for years to come. With this being available in technology world, Sharon may be long gone, but I will be able and others will be able to share this message of hope, this message of flurry and the abundant life in Christ, even someone with ALS. Amen. So thank you for speaking up, providing a megaphone, a platform, and for your heart of ministry, and that even though Sharon is looking forward to heaven, her purpose remains until her first breath of heaven. So thank you for being a part of allowing her to influence others for the gospel. I'm so thankful for a relationship with Sharon, and so to encourage anyone with ALS, Keep living, keep giving, don't doubt God, go full stop. He loves you, he has a plan for your life, and we all are one breath away from seeing our creator. Amen. Amen, that's beautiful. Well, we're going to close right now, but I want to make sure everyone can see the picture of this book. It's The Living Savior by Sharon Caldwell. Make sure you check it out. You can you can Google it on social media to find it and just um, just I want everyone to know that God loves you and he has a special plan and a purpose for each person listening and each person watching. And until, like Anne said, you take your last breath, you still have a purpose 
in this world, and that is to share Jesus and to glorify Jesus and to bloom where you're planted. Thanks for tuning in to The Christian View. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Trudy Podcast. Learn more and get in touch with us at trudysimmons.net. That's trudysimmons.net. And help us to reach others with these encouraging messages of hope and inspiration by simply sharing them with your friends on your favorite social media platform. God bless, and thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you again soon, right here on the Dr. Trudy Podcast. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.